Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As literally hundreds of thousands of people stream out of Ukraine, escaping what is taking place and what the Russian army is inflicting on them. Uh, There are many around the world and right here in the United States that want to welcome those refugees and help and support them here. But our broken immigration system is making that uh, probably a little harder uh, than it should be. Fiona Harrigan is the assistant editor at Reason. Uh, Her writings appeared in a number of national publications. She also has a nice connection back here to the state of Utah. Uh, But a great piece in Reason. uh, If you want to help Ukrainians, welcome them to the U.S. And she joins us on the line now. Fiona, thanks for jumping on with us. Thank you for having me. So as we look at the refugee crisis, uh, which just is harder to watch every day as we see families split up, as we see just all of the the trial and trauma that goes along with the uncertainty that follows, uh, there are a lot of people here in the United States saying, hey, we want to help. We want to we want to bring them here. Uh, You really did a, a nice deep dive into what the challenges are and what we ought to start doing right away. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just to lay the groundwork. Uh, According to the most recent U.N. estimates, around 600,000 people have now left Ukraine. And obviously, that's very difficult to ascertain with any certainty. Um, But they're pouring into neighboring countries in very large numbers right now. And those neighboring countries are largely conveying that they will accept and protect Ukrainian refugees. U.S. officials before the invasion estimated that between one and five million people could end up fleeing in the event of of an invasion uh, perpetrated by Russia. Uh, And a lot of countries, very thankfully, have been welcoming so far. Even Ireland, a little far off, Barflang, has said that there will be no limit to the number of Ukrainian refugees that it'll accept. So there are a lot of important measures being uh, carried out now. But the U.S., uh, you know, there are a lot of bureaucratic issues that prevent Ukrainians from coming here with ease. Um, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, has said that the U.S. is ready to accept Ukrainian refugees. And there are a couple tangible policies that the Biden administration can do, both to protect Ukrainians within our borders from getting deported back to danger and to help Ukrainians from outside our borders come to American soil. Yeah, so let's dig into each of those. Uh, First, let's talk about those that are here. We don't we haven't really been talking about this a whole lot, but of course there are Ukrainians that are here, and of course there are some that are probably facing either the uh, expiration of a, of a visa or a temporary permit of some sort. Uh, what should we be doing for those that are here in the short term? 
Absolutely. So there are about a hundred. Uh, there are about one million Ukrainians who currently call the U.S. home, and not all of them are here on a permanent basis. Uh, many of them on student visas or temporary work visas and the like. So there are two policies that a lot of advocates have proposed the Biden administration should implement, one called temporary protected status and one called uh, special student relief. Uh, temporary protected status would essentially enable the Department of Homeland Security to say that these people can't be deported if they can't return home safely. This is reserved for countries that are in deep humanitarian crises uh, and protects people in a broad sense. Uh, special student relief, on the other hand, applies uh, specifically to foreign nationals who are studying here on the F-1 student visa in case of emergent circumstances. Uh, essentially, even if their course of study has expired, um, they don't have to leave if there is a, a circumstance that would prevent them from going home. And are there any rumblings uh, from the administration uh, in terms of taking action on those two things, both the temporary protected status and the special student uh, portion of that? Nothing that I've seen so far. And I think we should also um, keep in mind that even during the Afghanistan crisis, the administration didn't implement TPS, temporary protected status. So uh, Afghans weren't even officially protected from deportation as their country was falling to the Taliban. So uh, that's reason for concern. Yeah, that is definitely reason for concern. And is that something that uh, can Congress do anything in that space other than just be loud and noisy and angry? You know, there, there are a lot of measures that Congress could essentially propose implementing or pass legislation on. But this is also something that the Biden administration could pass unilaterally if it wanted to, if the will was there. OK. Yeah. And as in most things, it's it's leadership and it's it's the will, uh, the political will to, to do that and make that uh, happen. I also wanted to, to get something, uh, a different piece that you wrote uh, that just really had me intrigued. Uh, you have suggested that uh, one of the things we ought to be doing is is pinch the best and brightest from from Russia right now. Absolutely. I think that's a really interesting proposal that uh, people on the immigration side propose as a way to compete with other countries that doesn't involve bullets. Right. It's something that would be a direct boon to our economy and would hurt a country like Russia, which has a severe depopulation crisis. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's such an interesting strategy. I love that if if uh, you, you had if you created a brain drain uh, of the best and brightest inside of Russia, uh, I think that is just a, a fascinating thing to look at. What else should we be watching for? What should we be watching for in terms that we've talked about those Ukrainians who are here in the country already uh, and getting some sort of temporary protected status there? What about to those that are fleeing? We know most of those, as you mentioned earlier, are going to be in some of those places like Poland and, and there in Europe. Uh, what can we do? What should we be doing in terms of some that may want to come all the way here to the U.S.? Absolutely. So I think we should keep in mind, especially as Biden remarks on these issues during the State of the Union address tonight and as Congress responds in many ways to what he's put out, I think we need to keep in mind that they could very well designate these Ukrainians for priority processing in our immigration system. Uh, currently, the family and employment green card backlog is it exceeds nine million. Right. It's just severe and it's very, very difficult for anybody to come here with any speed. There are a lot of bureaucratic inefficiencies at play. Uh, not all the necessary facilities are open after two years of the pandemic. A lot of paperwork for these programs is overly complicated or time consuming or difficult to access in a war zone. Um, but it's also important to keep in mind that there are a lot of Ukrainians here who could sponsor family members. And because they're being kept out by bureaucracy, they're being kept in danger. 
Wow, that is great insight. And uh, anything else we should be watching for, Fiona, in the days ahead? You you alluded to what the president might raise uh, in the State of the Union tonight. Uh, any other rumblings in terms of some advancement or some leadership that might lead to that political will to get some of these things done? I would be interested to see what happens at the state level. There are a lot of state-level um, measures that in Colorado has banned uh, Russian alcohol from their store shelves, that sort of thing. I would be interested to see how that pressure extends upward. We've seen it previously in things like the Syrian refugee crisis. Now, I remember during the Trump administration, uh, the governor of Utah actually pressuring Trump to allow Utah to accept more refugees. I think that kind of thing could be really, really compelling if states express that this is something that they want. And I I really hope that they do, given the severity of this crisis. Fantastic. Fiona Harrigan, great writing, great uh, in-depth coverage there. Assistant editor at Reason or Reason.com. Just a a great piece. We appreciate your perspective and insight on refugees and, and what this actually means here in the United States and how we can best help, not just in words, but in action uh, with those that are fleeing Ukraine under very difficult circumstances. Fiona, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.